it's Lisa. Welcome back to the Wild Heart Diaries. Thanks for being here for another episode. Today we're going to be talking about all things Wild Heart. I'm going to tell you how that name came to be, how you can tell if you are one, and I've got some tips and tools to give you so that you can live a wonderful Wild Heart life. I'm going to do this in two parts because otherwise the episode will be too long. The first part is going to be specific traits, personality qualities that I see in wild hearts and that I identify with. The second part is going to be other names for wild hearts, which I've seen online and in books. And you might resonate with those, but take what resonates and leave the rest. Remember, you're not defined by a checklist on a podcast by a ginger haired lady on the Internet. You know who you are and humans are very nuanced and more complicated than that. So take it with the intent and the spirit that it's meant. It's a guide. It's meant to help you identify and hopefully see yourself in a more positive way, because I do know that some wild hearts are ashamed of their gifts really they are gifts now before I get into that I wanted to tell you this there is nothing wrong with you you ain't broken you are doing really well you're lovable and you are enough why am I telling you that because I listen back to the first episode and I wish I'd said that to you If you listen to the first episode, you'll hear me talking about all the things I tried as I was desperately running around all over the place, wondering what the hell was wrong with me. And you heard that I don't give up easily. (laughs) And that is a wild heart trait, by the way. But my endless quest or search was because I believed that there was something fundamentally wrong with me. And what I mean by that is like I was a bad human, you know, rotten to the core, wrong, evil, horrid, terrible, disgraceful, unlovable, disgusting. So if you think like you're about yourself in that way, please know, and I'll say it again, please know that there is nothing wrong with you. You ain't broken. You're doing really well. You are lovable, totally lovable as you are, and you are enough. Because you can imagine, can't you, that thinking about yourself in that way really impacts your self-esteem. And it also creates anxiety because when you believe that that's who you are, that's the furthest point you are away from the core, from the heart of who you are. And when there's a gap between who we truly are and who we think we are or what other people tell us we are or how we feel like we need to show up to make other people happy, that creates anxiety And I often wonder which came first, the temperament (laughs) and the personality traits, or were they just trauma responses? Were they just responses to a chaotic, you know, abusive, dysfunctional environment? Well, I've got something to share with you today that makes me believe that it's more nurture than nature. So see what you think. Oh, and if you're journaling along with us today, take out your journal and write down how many of these traits resonate with you just the ones that resonate and then at the end I'll have some more journal prompts with you so you can go deeper with your reflection so back to the nature versus nurture debate 
According to Oliver James, who wrote They F You Up, I shall put a link to that in the show notes with some stars. <laughs> I will swear on this podcast, by the way. I'm quite a swear bear. Not when I'm coaching the uh, the young people, but I am a swear bear. We, we, we carve out our niche in the family according to how much love and approval we win from each parent. And I was astounded to read that in the case where we're one of many siblings, and I'm, I'm the eldest one of four girls, so where are you in your family? Are you an only child? What, what your birth order? And I do believe that your birth order and what is going on when you're born impacts the nurturing. So when I work with children... Often parents would come to me and there'd been like a rupture in the nurturing because a grandparent had died or they'd lost a baby before that child was born. And that that would rupture the nurturing. You know, a parent who's full of grief is going to struggle to emotionally connect to their child. And I think that's the key here. Like obviously it's taking care of physical needs so there are basic human needs of, of clothing, warmth, food. But we're talking about emotional connection here. And wild hearts live through their hearts, obviously. And without that emotional connection, that really Fs them up. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a testament to that because um, that was my experience. So, yeah, it said, um, when you're one of many siblings, each child is brought up by the same two people, but by four different sets of parents. So <laughs> this is the same for you when you were growing up. Think about your role in the family and how you got to win love and approval um, from your parents. So let's say, for example, I'm not really sporty. I'm creative. And obviously my dad is very sporty and he's got three other girls. And then he's got another daughter who's very, very sporty. And so... In my eyes, in my eyes, my experience is that she's getting all his attention. This is through my child's eyes. Um, how I got noticed by my parents was with my academic achievements, which I never believed that I was smart as a kid. That was a belief I had about myself. I believed that I had to struggle to be good. <laughs> but this came from my low self-esteem. And I went to a really good private school and you had to sit an entrance exam to get into it and Christ knows how I got in I, I still to this day think it was a fluke and I really struggled in the first year and then in the second year I was awarded the progress prize you know the numpties prize that for being for, for for trying really hard which which obviously was lovely but I always felt like that outsider that person that was kind of having to try really hard to be seen I wasn't enough. So our birth order, as I said, and our sex, how attractive we are. Yeah, that's true. How clever we are, how much we remind our parents of the unhealed parts of them, how compliant we are, and a whole plethora of, of these environmental factors, which means that the way that we turn out has very little to do with our genes. And I guess we tell ourselves it's genetic to lessen the responsibility of parenthood. And to convince ourselves that bits of our children we're not so keen on are genetic and unchangeable and that they're out of control. But let me just share with you some statistics which I find fascinating, like they blow my mind. So um, 
in the family that we grew up in, how it affects our creativity. So our family, so the people around us, the environment, creativity is impacted 75%. Our intelligence is impacted 65%. Our personality, 60%. Our sociability, 75%. Our emotionality, 60%. Our extroversion, 60 to 70%. Autism, 20 to 30%. Alcoholism, now get this, 70% in males and 90 to 100% in females. Anxiety, neurosis, 80 to 100%. Manic depression, 35 to 50%. And attachment, which is our security. So um, I will talk about attachment styles a lot. Um, go on Wikipedia and look up attachment styles if you're not familiar with them. You may well be already. But there's basically insecure and secure attachment. And if you're not securely attached to your caregiver, then that's when you struggle, obviously. And everything is relational. It's relational. Like we are humans are born to, we're hardwired to connect. And so our experience of life is relational. So when we have insecure attachments, children, that really impacts all of our lives, how we see ourselves, our relationship with ourselves, everything. So these statistics were taken from James's book and they're part of a twin study by Robert Plowman. So, you know, really children learn what they live. And I always talk about toxic puddles or puddles of energy. So I see a family system as a as a as a whole, as a whole with parts and they are all sitting in an energy. That energy is usually created from the relationship between the mother and father. So the children sit in the energy between them. And in that toxic puddle, I'm going to do a whole episode on what's in your toxic puddle um, because it can mean many things. But in that toxic puddle is all the things that we can't see. So obviously emotional stuff and trauma is is not tangible. You know, trauma is held in the body and we can't see our emotions. We feel them if we're traumatized. We don't feel our emotions in the way that we um, could be feeling them because they're all mixed up with the pain of the trauma. So there's a lovely poem, actually. I might link to it in the show notes if you're interested by a lady called Dorothy Law Nolt or Nolte. I don't know if I've um, pronounced that right. And she, her, her legacy was this poem and this is what she's known for. And so I'm going to read it to you because I think it's something to to really think about um, when you consider your toxic puddle. If children live with criticism, they learn to condemn. If children live with hostility, they learn to fight. If children live with ridicule, they learn to be shy. If children live with shame, they learn to feel guilty. If children live with encouragement, they learn confidence. If children live with tolerance, they learn to be patient. If children live with praise, they learn to appreciate. If children live with acceptance, they learn to love. If children live with approval, they learn to like themselves. And if children live with honesty, they learn truthfulness. If children live with security, they learn to have faith in themselves and others. And if children live with friendliness, they learn the world is a nice place in which to live. Now, in dysfunctional families, there's a lot of hostility. There's a lot of passive aggressive. There's a lot of there's a lot of energy in that um, toxic puddle that hasn't been looked at. 
and normally the most sensitive child will absorb what is in that toxic puddle and start acting out or acting in with it and that's you know how it happens so when you when you hear me read that poem think about what you lived with and what that taught you how you became the person that you are now it's possible to change who we are our brains are neuroplastic they they we can change we can change the way we think we can change our beliefs we can change our thoughts it takes hard work um we've kind of got to do reverse brainwashing so we were brainwashed and groomed and conditioned to think and believe a certain way and now we've got to do the reverse of that and fill our minds up with 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 positive loving compassionate kind uh thoughts and beliefs and that's why you've got to be really careful what's in your toxic puddle because that influences you anyway we shall talk about that another time but let's let's get to these signs of these qualities of what i think a wild heart is so a wild heart as i've already described to you from my book the definition is a strong-willed sensitive child that is in tune with their feelings and the feelings of others they have a big heart full of love they are also creative change makers that lead from the heart with fiery courage and steely determination so they are very sensitive and empathic, but they also have this really strong will. And I actually think that I don't know if that strong will is in you when you're born or if that's that created out of fighting in survival mode, fighting for your life, fighting for your place in the family. You know, which came first? Now, if you look at my birth chart, so I'm really into astrology and my ruling planet is Mars and Mars is the warrior, the energy of war. <laughs> he, he, he wants to fight everything, but, you know, fight the good fight, I would say, not, not to go around causing trouble or um, wanting to fall out with everyone. But then people that don't want to ripple that toxic puddle, they ain't going to like it when you start to challenge it and question it and you're a warrior for change. That will be a threat to the puddle. Anything that rip, ripples the waters, they do not like that. So wild hearts have a very strong sense of justice and what is fair. You see, again, in a dysfunctional family, siblings are often pitted against one another and they feel like they have to fight or struggle to be seen. So that's them looking to be loved. I mean, effectively, there is no love in a dysfunctional family. Let's be real. There isn't any love. We might be convinced that there is, we might be told there is, we might say it a lot, but the love that that we're offered is often conditional and it's unhealthy. And then that becomes our blueprint for love and that's how we go out and um, relate to the rest of the world. Wild hearts get very upset if people don't believe them or let them tell their side of the story. So I'd see that a lot in my coaching practice, actually, just children wanting to be heard, to have a voice. And wild hearts do have a voice and they need to learn how to use it um, because I think it may well be an essential part of who they are and why they're here, you know, what they're going to become. I I, I also think that um, lots of wild hearts are change makers. They are here to challenge the status quo. They are here with that strong will and that determination it takes a certain type of person to swim against the tide and to to challenge the status quo and say, let's do it different, differently. But 
a dysfunctional family is very insecure and it doesn't like it's a threat to the family system when there is a member who won't fall into line and comply. So, you know, if you think about your siblings, if you have siblings, if they were more compliant. Yeah, if they if they were more compliant, then. And you than you, then you would have probably gotten into more trouble. <laughs> unless you'd found a way around that and you know humans are incredibly resourceful we find coping strategies and ways to deal with these things and then we become an adult and we're still operating um like that and those things don't serve us anymore if that makes sense so i was always afraid of telling the truth because i wasn't living in honesty i was living in some kind of warped reality according to other people that i didn't you know i didn't sign up for And then as I've become an adult, I've stopped speaking up for myself and suppressing my truth. Well, then I'm going to become a doormat, aren't I? And then I'm going to be susceptible and vulnerable to more abuse. Wild hearts value freedom and they won't be boxed in. Following the crowd is not their way, but they struggle to find their tribe, hence the wild. So think about that. If you've come from a family system that rejects you or a family system that doesn't make you feel loved and seen and safe, when you do find people that you resonate with, it's going to be hard for you to trust that, right? So maybe they they can be loners. But I do believe that it's possible to find your community. And maybe, and maybe, you know, there will be a community that comes out of this podcast. I would love that for like-minded souls to come together and connect. That would that would be lovely because the path can be lonely and that 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 would that would be such a oh that'd be amazing if that happened wild hearts are very sensitive to their environment they get peopled out and they can pick up on other people's feelings so yes i think that's true but again did that hyper vigilance of being aware of how other people are feeling was that born out of a trauma response to keep yourself safe from a raging parent or a parent who was out of control or drunk or um you know struggling with their own mental health issues or were they born with that innate gift it's it's interesting isn't it because i i think i've got no one to ask i can't go back to my parents and say was i a sensitive child because they've got me down as this other person that they see me as which is them projecting all of their unhealed trauma onto me so i can't say to people what was i like as a child was i like this was i like that I, i do know actually that Apparently, my niece reminds my parents of me and my niece is beautiful. And I'm not just saying that as a biased auntie. She's spirited. She's creative. She's kind. She wants to do well. She doesn't like breaking the rules. So, I, you know, I hope I was like her. Who knows? I'm still trying to work out who I am, guys. <laughs> I'm sure you can relate to that. Wild hearts are passionate about what they believe is true and they are protectors of people they love. They will often champion the underdog in their quest for fairness and equality. You definitely want them on their t- on your team. Yeah, so I don't know if you can relate to that. If you're always, you know, looking out for the people that are by themselves. But that's because you see yourself in them and you know how they feel. Again, you have that deep empathy where you go, oh, I see that person over there struggling with that 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 that's shitty i'm going to go and help them wild hearts sometimes find the big wide world too harsh and are affected by the news violent films or anything sad so i don't know if that applies to you as well i can't watch horror films 
unless you turn the music down. It was cushions up in our house when we watched scary films. <laughs> um, uh, and I, I don't watch the news now. I haven't listened to the news for years. I've kind of dipped in and out of it or had WhatsApp messages for my friends to keep up to date with the pandemic. But I, I don't want to be listening to all of that. I find the media creates drama and because, you know, it gets clicks, doesn't it? That's how they make their money and tells fibs. You know, it's propaganda, a lot of it. Not, It's not true, but it sells papers. It sells internet space. Wild hearts need a lot of alone time to recharge their batteries. So, you know, do you like duvet days and not having to leave the house? I mean, that's just my idea of heaven. <laughs> I'm sat here recording uh, the podcast in my unicorn onesie. So there we go. <laughs> it's it's warm and comfortable and it's it's Sunday, so I don't have to leave the house. And I've written here, if pyjamas were acceptable day wear, that would work for a wild heart. You like to be comfortable. Actually, as a child growing up, and I see this, with, I've seen this with lots of the children I work with, there's lots of clothes that they won't wear. So they don't like buttons that dig into them. They don't like itchy jumpers. Um, they don't like certain textures of foods. That's now become a thing and it's a sensory processing disorder, you know, where all their senses are heightened. But I would say that that's just a highly, sen that's my definition of a wild heart. That's a highly sensitive person. You feel everything really, really deeply. Wild hearts will often get lost in their own little world of books or watch their favourite TV series on repeat. <laughs> because it's familiar, right? We like the familiar. And I don't know about you, but when I watch my favourite TV series. So I think I said to you that I discovered Agatha Raisin in the last episode over the Christmas period, which is like Bridget Jones meets Midsummer Murders because I love murder mysteries and I love watching Murder, She Wrote. I, I really wanted to be Jessica Fletcher when I was a kid. But I also love Friends. I feel like I am at Central Perk with them having coffee. What else do I like to watch? I also, I also really like to liked back in the day sex in the city but i watch it now and i see how out of date the the thinking is and you know it wouldn't be pc some of it now i think we've gone a bit too far with the pc stuff quite personal quite honestly but yeah I, I used to like that i didn't really identify with one of them in particular probably a little bit of all of them so think about you know where you go to in your little world. And as a child growing up, I used to disappear into books. So books and I used to write books. I used to get bits of A4 paper and like fold them in half and write. I used to love just holding a pen in my hand and writing. That gave me comfort or reading a book. I'd stay up really, really late till I was practically falling asleep in my book um, and leave my light on. And I never got told off for that, actually. I think cause we used to leave the light on the left the hall light stayed on all night because I was scared of the dark you go there's another thing I can actually feel I don't know if you can feel this I can actually feel when day turns to night like the energy there's a shift in the energy and it changes and when the darkness comes I can feel the darkness uh, I was terrified of the dark as a child I, I wrote in my book actually in Stuck Between Two Worlds about Shadow Man if you're interested, we can do an episode on hat people and shadow man. Um, there are phenomena, phenomenon, phenomena on the internet. So you can do a Google on it. But I thought that I used to see a man in our house 
a shadowy cloaked figure with a hat and I was too scared to go upstairs to my bedroom by myself so I don't know if you guys are scared of the dark or maybe even maybe it's scared of being alone actually because until I went to therapy and started to do work on myself I wasn't very good at being by myself because I didn't like myself didn't feel safe with myself wild hearts hate inauthenticity and they will not pretend or cover up and it's very important that they can just be their true selves which I think is probably true for most people I think that would be the ultimate goal as a human on planet earth is to just feel really comfortable in your own skin and love yourself and just be who you are well that's my goal oh ambulance just went by then that's obviously a sign that that is my goal <laughs> wild hearts have an excellent bs detector and they will sniff out the truth at 10 paces so honesty matters greatly so that's one of my top three values they would rather know the truth even if it's ugly and often they can get into trouble for being the truth teller of their family you see lots of people will say to you tell me the truth tell me the truth but they can't handle the truth when you live in a family, in a dysfunctional family, that is built on squirty cream. It's built on denial. There are no solid foundations. There are no honest, trusting relationships. No one's got your back. No one has got your back. Wild hearts love nature and animals and will often find other children are drawn to them because their energy is big and strong. So yeah, I think they have big auras. So your aura is the energetic field around you. And some people can see auras and they're different colours. And you can get your photograph taken of your aura. I've had mine taken a couple of times and I've watched it grow and change colour over time. And that's really fascinating. Um, I do feel that animals and children are drawn to me. But that's mostly because I'm smiling and I'm relaxed and I'm kind and loving and want to help them. And, you know, our energy transmits, doesn't it? And obviously children are very open. Their auras are open and they can, they can sense that. And animals, of course. Animals are lovely. Oh, I've done some really lovely work with um, horses. Maybe I'll do an episode on that and I'll tell you about my experience with the horses because um, horses are fabulous for healing, fabulous for seeing yourself and, and loving yourself as you are. Animals are, are non-judgmental, aren't they? They're just ooze unconditional love <laughs> wild hearts are incredibly curious and they think and care deeply they ask lots of questions and they are lifelong learners so i'm thinking if you're here you possibly could be a lifelong learner i know that um i know that i'm annoying because i annoy people because i'm always asking questions but i think being curious is a sign of intelligence it's a sign of intelligence wanting to learn and grow. It's a sign of being stuck and small and, yeah, ignorant if you if you don't want to question. Oh, look, there goes another ambulance. Wow. Something's going on out there. I don't know what that is. If you, if you, if you don't want to question things and you have a rigid way of thinking, you've got tunnel vision and it can only be one way and your way. You're never going to learn and grow like that, are you? I think perhaps our parents' generation, so I'm 47 
my parents are in their 70s. I think there was a rigidity, a way of doing things, a way of that was socially acceptable and things had to be done a certain way. I think they were raised like that. And I think nowadays we've kind of swung the other way and we're more into free thinking and being open-minded and discovering, you know, that there's there's life in other realms and on other planets and, you know, trying to explain things that we can't see. I think that's that's things are very different now to how they were then. Wild hearts have busy brains and they work quite quickly. Their brains work quite quickly and they tend to live in their heads more than in their bodies. Well, for me, that's because it wasn't safe to live in my body. I was uh, physically abused. My body was not a safe place to be and my head... You see, I think when it's not safe to be in your body, you tend to intellectualise everything instead of feeling it. And if you're a wild heart, you need to be attached to your feelings in order to be happy. Does that make sense? Wild hearts are very creative and they have rich inner worlds and amazing imaginations. <laughs> so I have journals full of ideas and they often rain down on me when I'm in the shower or out walking in nature. You just get what we call downloads. I often get like a ringing in my ear, like a really high pitched ringing in my ear, not in the shower when I'm out walking. And then all of a sudden, all these ideas will come in. It's amazing. It's amazing when you have when you have that kind of level of creativity. It's fun. It makes life fun and exciting. But then you need to kind of knuckle down and focus on one thing and make it happen. And that's the hard bit because you've got so many ideas. <laughs> I mean, who's to say that you can't do them all in this lifetime and you just dip in and out of them and do what takes your fancy? Wild hearts are high energy, as you can tell from this podcast. <laughs> um, busy, but they're sometimes mistaken for having ADD or ADHD. Now, I found an article about this and I'm just going to share a bit of it with you, see what you think. I'll just dip into it and then I'll speak more about I'll speak more about this on the other names for Wild Hearts because I think it's quite important. But it kind of there's a quote here that says from a body mind perspective, every illness has a psycho emotional connection. Some are simply more obvious than others. And there is no clear separation between what is happening in the mind and what is happening in the body. Both the physical problems that arise and the mental battles that rage within have the same importance. Mental and emotional disorders are real and they are not necessarily cured by medical intervention. I totally agree with this. When I got out of my toxic puddle, I got better. No meds, no meds at all. In fact, I refused meds. I'm not saying that's right for you. I know meds have a place. Sorry, I have to be really careful. I'll caveat that with you must take meds if you think that's what's right for you. This is what I believe is true. OK, this is how I live my life and you can live yours as you see fit it says antidepressants are not a cure most of the therapies available aim to normalize according to society's idea of what normal is and although more holistic and sym sympathetic systems are now emerging that treat the person so that's all that holistic stuff that I was referencing to in the first episode recognizing that each of us is a unique individual with specific needs your body speaks your mind and that was a lady called deb shapiro that 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 was quoted from and then it says so why are more children being classified with disorders 
I can categorically tell you that a lot of the kids that came to me that were diagnosed, I would say, were acting out symptoms of the toxic puddle of the family system. And the problem is, is that many of the children that are being labelled ADD and ADHD are diagnosed through their behaviour. And that's not measured through neurological testing or what's going on in the family system or how they're being parented or the intergenerational trauma that's running through the family lines, maybe on both sides of the family. It's just a list of, and that's why I'm saying don't define yourself by a load of points that I'm talking about on the internet because that's a load of people sitting around a table saying, oh, ADD looks like this and ADHD looks like this and coming up with a list of criteria. Humans are way more complicated and nuanced than that. And also trauma responses, so flight, fight, freeze or fawn, so that oppositional defiance disorder, ODD, is probably just a really pronounced fight response to trauma. Flight could be um, ADHD. Depression could be a freeze response. So these kids are very likely in survival mode. Look at the look at the larger toxic puddle that we're all living in. Look at the energy of the world as it is now. So I'm not saying, you know, if you've had your diagnosis and you, you must walk your path, but I, I actually believe that. I believe that, um, you know, that's not always the case. And that's why we're seeing so many children being labelled and diagnosed. And that is actually why, maybe I should say that, would be a good time to say this, why I created the Wild Heart label. Because I think labels put us in boxes and they have negative connotations that can damage self-esteem. Mental health is still very taboo and stigmatised here in the UK. I don't know what it is in your part of the world where you're listening. And those children get a bad rap at school. They get a bad rap and it affects their self-esteem. And that is why I wanted to call them wild hearts. Maybe that was me being overprotective, but I just thought it was a nicer way. And just to say, we're all different. Everyone's different. And just because society says this is normal, you know, what is normal? Who gets to decide what normal is? Are you happy? Are you living the life you want to live? Are you being treated with kindness and love and compassion? Is your life full and rich and fulfilling? Okay, you're good then. You're good. Where did I get to on my list? Let me go back running out of puff talking so fast uh, wild hearts often have big meltdowns out of the blue and seemingly for no apparent reason but it's likely they're full of feelings that have snuck up on them and need attention so this was really with children in mind but i also think adults have tantrums don't we you know when you just find yourself crying for no reason whatsoever or you just get mad about something so i often used to find that when i'd come out of sessions or i'd done a done a few sessions in a row I would then be cooking my dinner and burst into tears and know that those tears didn't belong to me they belonged to the client before who was unable to get in touch with their sadness which is often what happens when you speak to angry children you know underneath that anger is a load of sadness and fear and even if you have good boundaries and you protect your energy I still think that you absorb some of that you absorb some of that. My therapist described my temperament, so my highly sensitive temperament, 
as was the same as being a lychee without the skin. So you know the lychee's the pink one with the the bumpy kind of thick skin and then when you peel it it's like a soft white blob inside and that and that she said you're just skinless and so everything impacts you and everything is magnified and I thought that was a good way to describe it wild hearts are fiercely loyal as a friend and will love you forever they are kind and forgiving Mm, yes we find it hard to let go of the people we love and and we give people lots and lots of chances I think as I've got older that's actually not the case Wild hearts have high tolerance levels, which means they can be taken advantage of by less kind-hearted souls. But when they are done, they are done. So is that is that true for you? Do you find that you tolerate so much from people and then they'll do something and just be like, okay, we're finished. We're finished. It's like you've got a sort of trap door that you can escape at any time. <laughs> things, things get too much for you. <laughs> Wild hearts are more brave than they realise because they're so independent. No, let me do it. That that was me as a child. Let you, you know, take 10 hours to get out of the door because I wanted to put my coat on. I wanted to do it up. I wanted to put my shoes on. But people don't realise how sensitive they are. Like, don't don't mistake that independence for, you know, not caring or, or not wanting to be around people. <laughs> so, yeah... That list of traits came from a blog post that I wrote for parents to identify with the wild hearts was trying to move away from the ADD and the ADHD and all of the statementing. I wanted them to feel loved and seen and to understand that their innate gifts, their sensitivity, their ability to read people, their ability to care deeply about the world and the people around them, you know, their high levels of empathy And the fact is that they were all sitting in toxic puddles, or most of them were, where there wasn't that emotional connection. And therefore that part of them, that part of them felt wrong to them. They felt like they were different to the rest of the family. So that is basically in a nutshell what a wild heart is. So let's quickly do some journal prompts. And I've asked you already to look at some of the things I've said and I know I've gone whiz through quickly today so you know go back and listen as many times as you like to kind of really understand what they mean do some google searches sit sit with the things that I've told you sometimes when we sit with stuff and we process it then something else happens in our life it's we call it synchronicities and then we'll be like oh yeah I remember that ginger haired lady on the wild heart what's his name she was saying something about And it will all just fall into place. The universe or life has a really lovely way of bringing in people and signs and songs and things that we're meant to hear exactly when we need to hear them. So here's your first journal prompt. Do you feel like the odd one out or do you feel lonely? When does that happen? Where are you? Who who are you with? I mean, you can be in a room full of people and feel lonely, can't you? That's like I said, if you're in that toxic puddle that family system where everyone else is playing different roles and you're the sensitive one and you're feeling all the undercurrents of all that unprocessed emotion all that passive aggressive all that anger and resentment and hostility and people are like mm, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about strange child also 
I think if I'm honest, I didn't realise how lonely I was until the end of last year when I packed up working with the kids and I had all this time and space and I wasn't working and doing things for them into that time and space came through the loneliness, which has always been with me. But I suppose I didn't recognise it as loneliness. I just recognised it as how I've always been living in my own little bubble. That that was quite interesting and, 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 and deeply sad, actually, deeply sad. Because we're all worthy of, of loving and belonging and to be connected to other people. How many of those qualities that I have listed today can you relate to? I would take each one and journal them out. That's what I would do. And I would think about if you grew up around people who shamed and punished or scolded you for being this way. Now, this one is a hard one to journal on, but just tell the truth to yourself. Remember, you're writing just for your eyes only. Nobody else is going to read this. There's no right or wrong way to journal. As you journal, just let your pen do the talking and memories and feelings will come up and you can be with those parts of you that need you to hear and see and love them and offer yourself kindness and compassion. You will only process what feels safe in one sitting. You, you, it won't all come up at once. But take care of yourself and be responsible for your healing and well-being. If you need to go and talk to someone about the things that you've heard today, please do so. All of the details are on the website if you'd like to book a session with me. Now, before we go, I do have a special offer for you. And we also need to answer today's question. What type of wild heart are you? Well, that's the clue is in the title. You're wild. There's no type of you. You will not be put in a box. You will not be defined by a list of traits. You are you and you are lovable and great. Just the way you are. Isn't that Bridget Jones? When he says, no, she says, you once told me that you love me just the way I am. And I'm telling you that now. We love you just the way you are. Doesn't that feel nice? Did your shoulders drop? Did you take a deep breath and relax into your body? Safe to be you. So today's offer is 20% off my wild heart blueprint i will create you your very own wild heart blueprint which is a 35 page report and i use a blend of astrology oracle cards and my intuition and it will specifically relate to you and what lies inside your lovely wild heart what makes you you it will give you clarity about who you are why you're here what challenges you face and what innate gifts you have to deal with those challenges. So if you want to get your 20%, I will put a link in the show notes, but I'd like you to go over to iTunes and write me a review. Take a screenshot of the review and email it to me, lisa at smileyforlife.com. When you email it to me, I will send you a code and you can get 20% off your Wild Heart Blueprint. Amazing. Okay. So in the next episode, I'm going to talk about other labels for wild hearts. But until then, stay wild. Choose love. So much love to you.